And we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, senoras y senores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast. It is coming to you live. This is episode number 15 of the NAI Ball Podcast season number 15. For I'm your host, as always, Rob Gutierrez, at RobG1063, if you want to get at me on Twitter. We will bring in the foremost authority on NAI Baseball here in just a minute. But before we get going, we have a jam-packed show. We are going to recognize the regular season champions in every single conference. We are going to tell you who's got an automatic bid. We're going to talk about host sites in the NAI opening round tournament. And then on top of that, the big thing we are talking about this week all 19 conference tournaments. We're going to go into each of them. We are going to pick winners, and we're even going to give you a dark horse that we could see winning that conference championship. Who is going to the opening round? Who will be going to Lewiston? All of that coming in the next two weeks. So prepare yourselves, get ready. It's all going to happen right here on the NAI Ball Podcast. But first, we have to tell you about our friends over at Silverback Sports at Shop Silverback and ShopSilverback.com. Materials for individual and team use. Everything that you could need to get yourself prepared for the season, our friends over at Silverback Sports have your back. It's an NAI-led company run by NAI coaches, former NAI players. Everything that you need, everything that you need, you can get it through Silverback Sports. They supply teams in the major leagues. They supply colleges across the nation. They supply teams in the NAI. Individual and team use for you run by NAI coaches. So while you're listening to the podcast, go check them out. Go check them out. Shopsilverback.com at Shopsilverback. Do us a favor and support the people who support this podcast. That's Silverback Sports at Shopsilverback for socials and shopsilverback.com. And no better time than now to bring in the absolute foremost authority on NAI baseball, Mr. Cody Butler. Cody, baby, what's going on? How's it going? I'm hanging in there, buddy. Just trying to stay dry a little bit. Nasty weather throughout the South already this week. So hopefully we get this cleared up so we can play baseball. Absolutely. A lot of rain going on in Georgia right now. And that definitely, you know, for a while there, I wasn't sure if we were going to get the show in today. I mean, we basically have to do it today with all a lot of the conference tournaments starting tomorrow. But man, you just got power back a little while ago. I mean, the Monday and Tuesday has been really rough. I know that the games in the Appalachian tournament have been postponed for today. So obviously up in Tennessee is pretty bad, too. It's just rough right now in Southeast. Well, let's get this show going, man. Let's kick things off because the Astros and the Yankees are getting ready to start on ESPN, and you know I don't miss an Astros game. So let's get things rolling with recognizing some conference champions. We're going to recognize first the champion from the Appalachian Athletic Conference. That is Tennessee Wesleyan. The champion of the AMC is Columbia. The champion out of the Cascade is everyone's favorite, LCSC. The champion out of the Chicagoland is Olivet Nazarene. In the Crossroads, the champion is Indiana Wesleyan. In the G-Pack, it's Concordia, Nebraska. In the Heart, Central Methodist. In the KCAC, Oklahoma Wesleyan. In the Mid-South, it's Cumberlands out of Kentucky. In the North Star, it's Bellevue. In the Red River, Our Lady of the Lake. In the River States, it's IU Southeast. In the Sooner Athletic Conference, it's the University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma, or just Science and Arts as they like to go by now. In the Southern States Athletic Conference, it's Loyola. In the Sun, it's Southeastern University. 
And in the Wolverine Hoosier, it's Indiana Tech. Cody, of those teams, seven have already punched their tickets to the big dance. Oklahoma Wesleyan, Olivet Nazarene, Our Lady of the Lake, Indiana Wesleyan, Indiana Southeast, Indiana Tech, and Concordia. So congratulations to those teams who have punched their ticket already this season and are on their way to the national tournament no matter what happens. Cody, were there any surprises there for you in the conference uh, regular season champions? Yeah, quite a few. Our Lady of the Lake taking the conference on the Red River, especially with LSUS, you know, closing out 23 of 24. Our Lady of the Lake, you know, they just stayed the course, uh, kept winning, huge sweep over Shreveport, and now they got their first title in program history. Uh, Look at some others. Obviously, I don't think anyone saw Loyola getting it done this soon. Loyola going in, winning the Southern States, you know, teams with huge pedigrees like Faulkner and Middle Georgia. And then shout out to Olivet Nazarene. They had an opportunity down the stretch to make some noise. They closed really hot. And uh, they punched their bid to Nationals. Man, I, I really got to give some shout-outs uh, really quickly. I got to give a shout-out to Our Lady Lake University because they have something that not a lot of teams around the nation or in college baseball have. They have 10 players from my home area in the Rio Grande Valley from three different counties down here, which is absolutely incredible to see these kids from South Texas get an opportunity to go to the regional tournament, opening round tournament, and get to play at that level. Uh, I'm super excited for them. I got to give a shout out to Robbie Maldonado, of course, got the clinching win for Our Lady of the Lake, a former Batman Bulldog of the McAllen High School. Absolutely fantastic. His little brother, Ricky, plays for me on my 12U team. So really excited for them. Uh, His family is super excited because that's what they talk about with me after the games is how Our Lady of the Lake is doing. So they are super excited about it. And then, of course, I got to give a shout out to my former head baseball coach, Jeremy Kennedy, and the the Wolfpack of Loyola getting it done, you know, uh, some time ahead of schedule. Cody, we've gotten to talk to him a lot lately, and uh, they're definitely ahead of schedule. They're super proud of their accomplishments, and they feel like there's more work to do. So absolutely excited for them to get to move on here uh, as regular season champions and for Our Lady Lake to punch that ticket. Cody, let's talk about the host sites for the NAI opening round tournaments, which will be, you know, it's going to be really interesting. The World Series is going to begin on May 28th. So before that, we have a ton of baseball left to be played. We have the conference tournaments as well as opening round tournaments. All of that decided in the opening round tournaments. Opening round tournaments, Cody, I want to say between May 17th and May 20th. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right, man. I mean, this is I'm, I'm super excited, dude, because we're getting closer and closer and closer and closer. And by the end of this week, we are going to have an idea of just how many at-large bids are out there. We start with 15. We'll narrow that list down as we go here, but let's kick things off. Bellevue will be hosting at home out of Bellevue, Nebraska. So congratulations to Bellevue. They're in no matter what. Central Methodist will be hosting at Carshield Field in O'Fallon, Missouri. Cumberland's Kentucky will be hosting at home at Williamsburg, Kentucky. Faulkner University will be hosting at home in Montgomery, Alabama. Indiana Wesleyan will be hosting at home in Marion, Indiana. Loyola will be hosting at home at Segnet Field in New Orleans, Louisiana. Southeastern University will be hosting in Winter Haven, Florida at Chain of Lakes Park. Visit Kingsport slash the AAC slash Tennessee Wesleyan will be in Kingsport, Tennessee. And Westmont is in uh, for the teams in the West Coast after really we weren't sure what they were going to do on the West Coast, but Westmont gets in in Santa Barbara, California. Cody, because of Westmont, that at-large pool shrinks by one. So we only have 
14 at-large bids. And Westmont, Cody, really, I mean, we didn't have them getting in. And because of this, they're now into the tournament. Yeah, they're definitely still a bid. They're a team that was not going to make the tournament. Uh, they had some good fortune go their way. Some other teams couldn't host out there. And they're the only team that's able to host. I get it. I mean, you got to have a host for a California site. You're going to have three teams in California make the tournaments. you got to have somewhere to put two of them. And it just makes sense. You're going to send the Cascade champ down there. You're going to send the Cal Pack champ down there as well. So uh, I get it. Uh, it's going to be good for Westmont. Though. Obviously, they're the biggest winner of yesterday. They are mm-hmm. safely in the tournament. They get to you know practice and knowing, hey, in two weeks, we get a chance to go to Lewiston. Uh, they ended up making a final in 2019, uh, did not win the opening round final. They lost to USAO, but this is a team that's able to go out there and compete, especially playing at their home park. With Bellevue, the other situation is if Bellevue does not win the North Star, our at-large bids shrink down to 13. So that's another thing to keep an eye on. Absolutely. And and I talked about this yesterday, both on Twitter Spaces and in the our Instagram Live. But there are two for sure three bid leagues that I can think of that only get one at large bid or one automatic bid, automatic qualifying bid. And that's the Southern States as well as the Sun Conference. Now, for the Southern States, you've got Loyola and Faulkner. The problem here is, is that I think three teams come out of there Loyola, Faulkner, and Middle Georgia for sure. I believe that if somebody else won their tournament, it would be a four bid league. So. The hard part for this is, Cody, is that Loyola and Faulkner are in. If Middle Georgia State wins that tournament, we go from, you know, 14 bids to 12 just like that. And then on top of that, you can count it down to 10 because I think the Sun Conference is a three-bid league. Southeastern is obviously in, but you would need Southeastern, St. Thomas, or Kaiser, basically, to win that league in that at-large pool only shrink by two because I think if something crazy happens, it's a four-bid league also. So, Because at this point, you're not going to keep out Kaiser, Southeastern, and St. Thomas. You can't keep out Southeastern. They're in. So it's going to be really interesting. And at the end of conference tournament play, we could be looking at eight or nine at-large bids, and that's if things just go well. Yeah, that's if things go to chalk, because I think we just did the math right there. Assuming that it goes to chalk and those a fourth place or a fifth place team doesn't sneak up and win those tournaments, that still only leaves you with 10 right away. And that's assuming everything else in the country goes chalk. So it's going to be fun, man. It's, it's really going to be fun. No, yeah, it, it is going to be crazy. I am really interested to see what happens uh, in these conference tournaments. Some of the conference tournaments already started today. We'll update you with what's going on around the nation, everything happening around the nation, man. But the one big omission, Cody, that I was kind of surprised with uh, from the NAI is no Georgia Gwinnett to host this year. That was kind of a surprise to me because as long as I've been in the NAI uh, that they've had, the GGC has had baseball, they have hosted is what I felt like. Ever since my junior year of going to school there, they have been a host ever since 2014. The biggest omission there is you're leaving out the GDN, Grizzly Digital Network. You're leaving out their broadcast. Uh, you're leaving out their daily recap videos. Not good. I don't think it's a good move. I think they deliver a product that's better than anything else that we have in the rest of the country. I think Cumberland's Kentucky's right up there. And I'm, you know, I'm a big advocate of Cumberland's Kentucky hosting mm-hmm. for that reason. Like we trust me, we know how good Cumberland is. That's why we want them hosting. And that's why I want Gwinnett hosting, man. When we watch these opening round tournaments, we want to be able to see where the ball goes when it's hit the left field. We want to know if the guy caught the ball or not. Like I don't want to see a game recorded on a potato. Hopeful that, you know, <laughs> these broadcasts live up to what Gwinnett can deliver. I mean, Gwinnett has a great field. They have great lights. They have a great banquet. I just don't understand it. 
obviously geography. They want to be able to get more teams that's closer. It's all to save a dollar. But, I, yeah, I don't think it's the best decision for the student athletes. People love to play at Gwinnett. That's not me just being biased. I hear it all the time. I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. People like to come down there and play at Gwinnett. It's a great field to play at. The video broadcast is great for the fans back home that are watching. They really enjoy that broadcast. So, yeah, I know everyone in Gwinnett was stunned yesterday. I was stunned yesterday. Gwinnett, in my opinion, is in. I, I think they'll they'll go ahead and qualify in the uh, AII tournament. Even at that, they're in that large bid no matter what. So Gwinnett is in no matter what in my mind. But at the same time, man, I mean, you're talking about what they deliver. And they went off of this year. Selections were based off of geography, facilities, and host qualifications. I, I don't know. Obviously, they, you know, they didn't go in alphabetical order there. They mentioned geography first for a reason. Uh, and so geography played a big role in it I th- because facilities and host qualification, it's, it's top notch. The broadcast more than anything. I know, uh, for instance, Loyola is bringing in pretty much a production crew to do their tournament. Uh, that's going to be really, really interesting to see. I'm really excited to see that Cumberland's Kentucky has an incredible broadcast as well. There's some teams with some really good broadcasts out there. I know Carshield field is a great ballpark, but, you know, what are they going to do in terms of, of broadcast? Because we cannot have a – you shouldn't have an opening round site that doesn't have a broadcast or has a subpar broadcast. So I'm interested to see what happens. I'm interested to see how teams adapt, especially at these minor league facilities like Kingsport, uh, like the former Car Shield Field was as an independent facility where there's stands up front and the press box is kind of pushed back, what they're going to do with that. Uh Westmont actually has a, a pretty good broadcast as well. I'm looking forward to seeing that. But facilities-wise, ballpark-wise, I think home field-wise, it doesn't get better than, than Georgia Gwinnett. I've been there. I've been on that field. It's a great playing surface. I've been you know, out there in, in that press box. It's one of the few press boxes in the NAI where you're going to have a, a home and away radio booth where you're going to have somewhere for game day operations to be uh, it's it's really, really, really good. It reminded me a lot. Before I had ever gotten a step into GGC, it reminded me a lot of Oklahoma Baptist that I've been there. Uh, OBU had had a setup like that with multiple boxes in the press box. We were able to have a, um, a radio broadcast at OBU back in the day. So that was really cool. I'm kind of perplexed at it, but it, when it comes to geography, I guess it makes sense. It's just now where do you send Georgia Gwinnett? because I, I definitely am interested to see where you send them and how that goes about it. And again, Cody, my biggest gripe with everything that we do in this league is, uh, and I'm, I'm not into the whole, oh, we should just be happy we're having a, a postseason thing. I, I still think we do the tournament backwards. I still think we do do it wrong. I think we have, we're the only subdivision one division that has the opportunity to do a division one style tournament, take out the super regional. But when you look at the regional tournament play in division one with their 28 conferences, there are 28 automatic qualifiers. Each conference just gets one bid and then the rest are at larges. And I would love to see us go to that model to where we can have the best product possible because in division two and division three, you get regional tournaments that are better and super regional matchups that are better than their final product at their World Series. And my biggest thing is when it comes to Lewiston, and, and I know opening round tournaments are are absolutely fantastic, but my biggest thing is, Cody, that I want to see the best product in Lewiston no matter what. 
So that's just my thoughts on it, man. But let's jump into some conference tournament previews here, Cody, and we're going to kick things off with all 19 conferences. Let's go ahead and jump in on this right now, and let's start with the American Midwest at Car Shield Field, Columbia, Missouri Baptist, William Woods, Lyon, Hannibal LaGrange, and Harris-Stowe State are the six teams standing there at Car Shield Field. Cody, give me some thoughts on what's going on in this one. Yeah, I mean, I really like this to go chalk. I like Columbia. I think they're the best team in the tournament. In order for Columbia to make the national tournament, they have to win this. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. They have the best pitcher in Chris Wall, absolutely lights out. They have the best player in Dalton Bilmer, one of the best hitters across the country. Yeah, I just think it's Columbia's to lose. I think, obviously, it's going to be super chalk to be like, oh, well, I think Mo Bapp, the number two seed, would be the other team I pick, but they would be. A team that's like a dark horse sleeper would be Lion, but Lion's going to have to go through Columbia, and I just don't see it happening for them. So I'm really going to go with Columbia on this one. I have to give a shout-out to Hannibal LaGrange's Jared Remspecher. Uh, he's hitting Cody 465 with 72 hits, 18 doubles, 11 home runs, and 59 RBIs this year. This guy is actually leading the conference in batting average as well as RBIs. Of course, Chris Wall leading the conference when it comes to earned runs. I think it's going to go chalk also, man. I think it's Columbia. But if if you had to go with a, with a dark horse, I, I don't know if I'm – I mean, I guess at 21 and 21, Lion would be a dark horse. But, man, we're so used to Lion being ultra competitive in this league. I think William Woods has kind of jumped out as well this year uh, and surprised me at 22 and 15, 15 and 11 in conference play. But I, I just think Columbia is going to go ahead and, and win this one in this tournament. Uh, it would not surprise me, though, if, if Lion was able to pull something out here. I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I agree. Lion has two really good pitchers, the Dutch sensation, Lex Meinderts and Alan West. And if you remember, Lion and Columbia did split their season series earlier 2-2. Two to two. So Lion's obviously beaten Columbia before, but I think Columbia knows, man, you got to win this game. I think what Columbia is going to do is I think they're going to save Chris Wall for the second game. Uh, they're going to probably pitch JP the first game, go out there, try to get that win. And then you have Chris Wall against Mobap. You win that game, then you have to lose twice. It's kind of like an opening round. You just need to win three times when you're the one seed. And uh, I just think it sets up nicely for Columbia. Just one bid out of this conference, Cody, and I think it is a one-bid conference overall. Are we comfortable, like we've both said, going Columbia there? I think we're good there. Let's move on here to the Appalachian Athletic Conference, and the way that this one is decided, Cody, is it is the Pool A champion will take on the Pool B champion, but the winners of Pool A and B are through to the national tournament. It is Tennessee Wesleyan. Reinhardt, Brian, Milligan, Columbia International, Point, St. Andrews, Truett McConnell, Bluefield, and Union. Give me some thoughts. Pod one, top three teams, you're going to have Tennessee Wesleyan, Milligan, and CIU. Pod two, you're going to have Reinhardt, Brian, and Point. That's going to be your super interesting pod because obviously whoever wins that pod, whoever comes out of pod two, you're going to be playing Tennessee Wesleyan in the tournament final. So you pretty much lock yourself up to go to the Nationals. I'm really going to be interested in pod two. I'm leaning Reinhardt. I think Daniel Delinsky can get it done. Would not be surprised at all if it is Brian. I think Brian and Reinhardt, we've been talking about it all year. They're kind of neck and neck on who that second best team is. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I think neither one of them feels super comfortable. I mean, when you look at it, you look at a team like Brian who's sitting behind Reinhardt in the arc, but Brian is sitting ahead of Reinhardt in the national poll. I think both of them feel kind of uneasy on the at-large bid right now. So I would pick Reinhardt, but it would not surprise me if it's Brian either. 
So go ahead and give me Tennessee Wesleyan as as the one uh, as the first team, as the first team, and then I'm I'm actually going to go with Brian here at 32 and 15, 16 and 12 overall. You know, I I think that Tennessee Wesleyan is just head and shoulders far and away the best team in the nation. The really interesting thing is is that Brian and Reinhardt played on like March 5th and 6th with uh, Brian actually taking the series two games to one. They lost the second game 12 nothing. The first game, though, was close 3-1. to one, But then after that, Cody, after the first game, it was just going away. It was Reinhardt 12 nothing, and then Brian 9-1. to one. Uh, I'm going to go with Brian as the two seed in this conference. I think Tennessee Wesley and, and Brian are in, and then it's going to be really tough for uh, Reinhardt. If you could see one team kind of stealing a bid here, who would it be? If you go by arc, it, it says Reinhardt, but my gut says that Brian's in a better position just from past years, maybe pedigree. I don't know. But my gut says that Brian cannot win their pod and still make the tournament. I don't know if that's the case for Reinhardt. Sorry, Moyer. <laughs> it's it's going to be really interesting, man. I mean, we got to look at, at art today after we were told to just ask our local coach uh, for our our ratings, and that's what we've Shout been doing. That advice, by the way. Shout out to Coach Weedy for that advice. That's been working nicely for us. It has been. Yeah, Brian Weedy coming through with that one. Yeah, no, it's it's worked fantastic, and it, it is it's really kind of opened our eyes because arc and bow chip weigh fifty times more than top twenty five. And we were really surprised today to see Brian as far down in the, in the arc as, as they were. I know, which is funny because like everyone wants to be ranked in the top 25. But like we've said, the top 25 is meaningless. The top 25, Brian is comfortably ahead of Reinhardt. But like you said, we're looking at that arc ranking, which is what they're going to use for nationals. That is not the case. Yeah, when it comes to arc in the southeastern region, uh, Reinhardt is 9. Brian is 12 out of 16 ranked teams in the southeastern regional uh it's not going to shock anybody that tennessee wesleyan is the number one team in the southeastern region for arc there it does not shock anyone cody let's move on to the aii that will be at the grizzly baseball complex in lawrenceville georgia at ggc on the friendly confines for you georgia Gwinnett, fisher xavier louisiana talladega and crowley's ridge are all fighting Five teams, two spots. Give me GGC, but who's the other? Let's go with the Black College World Series runner-up, Xavier, Louisiana. I've seen Fisher and Talladega a good time last week. They've played GGC a few times each. If you look at just the body of work and the schedule, Xavier, Louisiana has some good wins. Has a win over Loyola. That's a top 10 win. They have a win over Mobile. Let me go with Xavier this year to go out here and take a runner-up in this tournament and make the national tournament. Fisher was 0-3 has only played and, and overall they've they've only played six games against NAI opponents this year and I understand you know with their location in the Boston Massachusetts area it's it's really tough for them they're they're the furthest team out there but they have two wins over Talladega which if your Fisher has to make you feel pretty comfortable uh Xavier Louisiana is coming off of you know a really good showing at the Black College World Series where they finished runner-up it is going to be really interesting. The last couple of years, I would say Talladega, because you know they come in with a losing record, but they play man. They usually really play a really tough schedule there. But I, I'm, I don't know. I mean, Xavier Louisiana at twenty six and nine has really interested me this year because, like you said, they've won some games that have been really impressive for them. They have a win over Loyola. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. I'm kind of surprised to not see Edward Waters in this tournament. 
I, I don't really know how the qualifications for the AII works, but man, super interesting to see what's going to happen. I'm I'm actually going to go ahead with 26 and nine Xavier Louisiana. I think they've got one one a really good chance to to come out, but it's going to be for them. Uh, a lot of first-time experiences here at a at a bigger stage for a first-year baseball program. But, man, what a story it would be as a first-year baseball program back since the 60s to get into the national tournament. And really, it sets you up for better and better things down the road. So I'm really interested to seeing that. Could, can you see if, if Xavier comes out and kind of falls flat, do you feel more comfortable with Fisher or Talladega? It's funny because Fisher just put it on Talladega this past weekend. Uh, scored like 12 runs and then 15 runs. What about 27 runs in two games, something like that. The history says Talladega, no question about it. This year, Fisher is in a pretty good situation. We're here. Fisher's the two seed. Xavier Louisiana is the three seed. They're going to play in that two, three game. If Fisher can win that game, I would obviously, you know, it's obviously, it's easy to pick then, but I would feel comfortable with Fisher if they win that first game. But I, dude, if you make me pick right now, I feel pretty good about Xavier, Louisiana. For first-year program, I've been really impressed. It, it's going to be really interesting because Fisher's only played limited NAI games. Crowley Ridge has only played limited NAI games. Uh, of their 21 wins, six are against NAI opponents. It's it's really going to be interesting to see what happens. But uh, I feel comfortable with Xavier, Louisiana as well. I know for, you know, content sake we probably shouldn't agree with each other on so much but but at the same time you and I know better than anybody who's who in the NAI and so uh if if Xavier Louisiana doesn't do it this year I mean Fisher really surprised me this weekend I wouldn't be surprised to see them at all Cody moving on to the Cal Pack here in Lancaster California it is going to be the University of Antelope Valley is the unofficial one seed they did not name a regular season champion in the Cal Pack and then it is going to be Benue Mesa, St. Catherine, Simpson, and Providence Christian. They are fighting with the split of the Cascade for one position, one spot. Yeah, give me Antelope Valley. I, I'm switching. I thought Benue was going to be the team, but looking at the body of the work and really studying it over the last week, the way they played them a couple of weeks ago when they took the sweep, had a huge sweep over Benue, played them on the same field they're going to be playing in the tournament. Give me Antelope Valley, one of the best offenses in the country. Their offensive numbers are honestly outstanding. Brock Bueno's been one of the best players in the country. Uh, playing at home, yeah, I just like the Pioneers, man. They feel really good about this team. Like Their coaching staff's really excited. They had a delayed start, but they felt like they wanted to play so badly because they believed in what they could be this year. And uh, they just feel like a team on a mission. I feel like they're going to go to the tournament. Also, I feel very comfortable with, with Antelope Valley at this point, too. I think we were going to change things up. I think we were kind of leaning towards Benny Mesa, uh, but they're, they played each other, and it did not go you know, well for Benny Mesa. And I know the games were close, but, Cody, did they feel that close to you? I mean, it was 20-10, 12-9, and 7-6. It just felt like Antelope Valley was in control there, and I know there's you know one game decided by one, runs at one run and, and one game decided by three. But it just felt like Neil White's team was was really good. Brock Bueno, I mean, the guy's 31 for 60 this season. It's going to be really hard for him to, to qualify for a lot of our postseason awards. But my goodness, that dude deserves some recognition because he's hitting 517 with 21 RBIs. Dominic Enbody has been playing fantastic as well. 32 for 70, hitting 457 with 27 RBIs. They've got a lot of guys for their 20-game schedule with 20-plus RBIs on the season. They have scored 218 runs in 20 games. They are far and away very impressive as a ball club. 
And then on the, on the pitching side, you know, it, it hasn't really been there. They've got a 630 team ERA, but they've been able to slug their way past everybody so far, and they have they have done it in a big way. Uh, is there a dark horse for you? Because I know at, at the beginning of the year, we were really excited about St. Catherine, and, you know, it just – I don't think St. Catherine has really kind of lived up to what we – what we thought it could be. They are 26 and 16 this year, but we expected a little bit of a higher showing overall. Yeah. I'm not going to pick another team over Ben U. Like I felt like if, if it's not going to be Antelope Valley, it's going to be Ben U. You mentioned how good offensively Antelope Valley has been and there are three games against Ben U. And it's really the reason I'm picking Antelope Valley, 12 hits in a game, 19 hits in a game and 14 hits in a game. I mean, they absolutely just hit the ball all over. Uh, they saw Ben U's best arms and they really just put it to them. Now, obviously, you know, you don't know what's going on. They have a couple of weeks. They, ben, you knows they have to go back in a month, and they're going to play them in a conference tournament, so maybe they're saving something. I don't know. But from what we've seen and what we have on paper, I'm going with Antelope Valley. I don't think it's really a dark horse because I think this is a two-conference race. I think this is obviously every year so far it's just kind of been Antelope Valley, Ben U since we've done this. So I think if it's not going to be Antelope Valley, it'll be Ben U. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Catherine, shout-out to Dylan Jacob. He's had an incredible season. Uh, he's potentially an All-American for us, and – you know, if he gets in the tournament, look out what he can do. But, you know, I would be really surprised if it's not one of the top two. Cody, this should be our quickest one. It is from Harris Field. It is the Cascade. Elsie? Yeah, man, give me America's team. They're going to be rolling in hot to that World Series. So there is a bid out of this league, though, uh, and it's a three-team tournament. It's LCSE, Oregon Tech, and Corbin. So basically it comes down to, obviously, Elsie woke up in January, so they are they've already qualified for the World Series. Oregon Tech and Corbin, man, I mean, I'm not really sure. Oregon Tech is probably the way I'm leaning. I, I really like Jacob Garces. I really think that he does a great job. I think he's going to do some really good things. I know when they've played Corbin this year, basically they took the series against Corbin, I want to say, in the first time they played, which was in February, they won 3-1. to one. The second time they played, they split 2-2. Two, two. In the third series they played, they split 2-2. Two, two. So overall, Oregon Tech has won that series against Corbin. I do believe they're going to have to play each other first and then play LC. Uh, but three-team tournament in the Cascade, we can obviously say that LC is going to win that, but it's the last team standing after that that gets that gets the, uh, the option to uh, make the national tournament. Yeah, give me Corbin, actually. Corbin was on a 10-game winning streak, and they did drop the last two games of that series, so they ended on a two-game skid. But 10-2 uh, and two down the stretch, was on a 10-game winning streak. Zach Simon, 56 innings pitched, 193 ERA and nine starts, uh, 50 punch outs. Been an absolute dude for Corbin. Like you said, I like to roll with the hot teams into this kind of play. And uh, I've been Oregon Tech all year. We kind of picked Oregon Tech a couple of weeks ago, but I am changing my pick again. I am going to roll with Corbin to get the second bid and go to Nationals. Tell you what, we'll give Cor- I'll give Corbin some bulletin board material. I'm going Oregon Tech. They're the only team in this tournament that's actually beaten LC and had an opportunity to beat LC. You know, Cody, I think multiple times. I think they should have won that series the first time they played them. I'm going to take Oregon Tech. Dalton Daly has is hitting 365 through 45 games this year. 70 hits, 21 doubles, 14 home runs, 51 RBIs. For Oregon Tech, give me Oregon Tech on to the national tournament out of the Cascade. Cody, let's move on now to a two-bid league with one bid already decided in the CCAC by Olivet Nazarene. This one from DePage Medical Group 
Field in Joliet, Illinois. It's going to be Olivet Nazarene, St. Ambrose, Judson, IU South Bend, St. Francis, St. Xavier, Lincoln, Trinity International, Trinity Christian, Calumet, St. Joseph, and Roosevelt. Oh, man. And, you know, our CCAC knowledge the last couple of weeks has really stepped up, but I'm not ready to pick this tournament champion. <laughs> I don't have a clue. I, I think Olivet Nazarene's played the best baseball of late. I think if we're going to pick a team that's hot right now, just off last weekend, Indiana South Bend, look at them as your four-seed dark horse. Just swept St. Ambrose. Going into last weekend, St. Ambrose needed to win out, and they didn't even take a game. South Bend came out there. We're not playing around. Uh, look out for South Bend to get hot, maybe make some noise. You win that first game against St. Francis, and then you take a game against Olivet Nazarene, and you're in business. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that Saturday, 7 p.m. game. That'll be Olivet and South Bend. That's me projecting, of course. And if those two teams win, that's who I got. Uh, St. Xavier is a team that I believe in, that I think that has the talent, but they really need to put it together. Uh, they handled business today in the play-in game that they're going to have to play Judson. Uh, the road for them is just not easy. Uh, you're going to have to play Judson, then you're going to have to play St. Ambrose. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Give me Olivet Nazarene to win the tournament. I think that they're going to sweep, win both. And for the team that's going to take the second round, give me Indiana South Bend. You know what? That's crazy because that's exactly what I was thinking. TJ De Herrera for, for South Bend has been incredible this year. You know, he, his average is not going to wow anybody, but he's got 11 home runs, 41 RBIs. You know, Logan Young also has 41 RBIs on the season for that team. Um, South Bend has, has been really impressive this year, and they've made a huge turnaround. The other team that I like, Cody, that I'm going to go with is St. Ambrose. Uh, I think they kind of fell flat. I think, you know, they went 22-8 and eight in conference play, and the last weekend of the year just didn't get it done. I think they're going to want to turn that around and make something happen there. In, in the last weekend of the season, but I think Olivet Nazarene ultimately wins the tournament. I think they're on fire right now. They're playing really good baseball. They're 31 and 17. They've had a come. This conference overall has had really a, a, a turnaround since the first time we mentioned them. And it's Olivet Nazarene's playing some, some good baseball in the CCAC. I expect St. Ambrose and uh, IU South Bend to be the two teams, you know, possibly competing for that final spot. It's going to be really interesting to see because there's one more bid up for grabs here in this one. We move on to the crossroads, which will be at Indiana Wesleyan. It'll be Indiana Wesleyan, who's already punched their bid to the national tournament. Taylor, Huntington, St. Francis, Mount Vernon, Nazarene, Marion, Spring Arbor, and Bethel. Cody, what you got? Give me Indiana Wesleyan to win the tournament. Give me Taylor to get into the final and make the national tournament. I need to find another word other than tournament. It's confusing. But all right, give me, give me Indiana Wesleyan. I just think they're the best team. I think they've showed I think they showed it when they played Taylor. Those games weren't particularly close. I just think that their heads and shoulders are the best team in the league this year. I think Indiana Wesleyan's a team, obviously, is going to host a regional. Uh, they're a team that can make a noise, maybe a Cinderella story, get into Lewiston. But yeah, give me Indiana Wesleyan to win the league. I think they're just the best team. But I think Taylor, really poor showing down the stretch. I don't think they'd argued that. They didn't really play their best baseball the last month. They know they have to now. It's a winner. You're done. And I like Taylor to get it done. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting when it comes down to the wire here. I really, really like Taylor, but they did not have a good showing at Indiana Wesleyan the last time they were there. Uh, they did not enjoy. I don't think they enjoyed their time there. I don't think they're super. I wouldn't if I were them, I wouldn't be super thrilled to be playing back at Indiana Wesleyan. I could see, you know, there's two teams. I, I really think it's it's between Taylor and Huntington at the end of the day for that final spot. But it would not surprise me if St. Francis is somewhat competitive in this. You know, they're 33 and 20 overall. They went 23 and 13 in conference play. They've got a guy 
in Tyler Prince, who's got 46 RBIs, Alec Brunson, who's got 10 home runs on the season. And then on top of that, you know, uh, Tanner Gaff, you know, come is eight and one on the year. Is he started 12 games? He's eight and one. He's thrown a shutout, two complete games this season, 87 punch outs. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens in this conference. But if I had to, you know, for the sake of of giving everybody and their mother bulletin board material, Indiana Wesleyan and Taylor moving on to the national tournament. Cody, man, this is an interesting one. Really a first for the GSAC. Ottawa, Arizona, Vanguard, three-game series, no conference tournament this year in the GSAC. All of this being played at Vanguard, this is going to be really, really interesting. Ottawa, Arizona with a chance to steal a bid from Vanguard. Obviously, the guy that we're going to watch in this first game out of Ottawa, Arizona, has been absolutely fantastic this year. He has pitched really well, and it's Anthony Quattarochi. Quattarochi, Quattarochi. I'm, we're not even sure how to say his name, but the dude has been lights out. 2.10 ERA, 7-1 record in nine starts, five complete games, two shutouts, 68 and two-thirds innings pitch, 76 strikeouts. On top of that, you also have Gage Johnson, who's got a 237 ERA and a 6-2 and record with 64 strikeouts and 68 and a third innings pitch, man. They've got two viable starters for Ottawa. And then for Vanguard, it's going to be really interesting because you've got a team that scored 368 runs in 48 games in a, in a really high-powered offense that does some good things with four players with more than 10 home runs this season. Man, this is going to come down to the wire, but Ottawa-Arizona with a chance to steal a bid in three-game series. And that's exactly what they would be doing. They'd be taking up another bid. Uh, they have a good shot, man. That When you have an ace like that on the mound, you have the number one pitcher that leads the conference in ERA and strikeouts. Obviously, you can get it done. Uh, playing a doubleheader tomorrow, you go out there, you throw your one, your number two, you call it a day. Gage Johnson's obviously been an elite dude, too. I like Vanguard. I'm going to pick Vanguard. They're playing at home. They've been the better team all year. I'm not going to let one bad weekend against Westmont throw it off. But it's going to be interesting. And like you said, we talked about when you have a team that has an ace like that, anything can happen. Yeah, I'm I'm a big believer. I'm a big proponent of pitching. And I, I definitely have been impressed with Ottawa, Arizona's pitching, taking a deeper look at their staff this year, especially in guys that they're going to throw in, you know, possibly what I would imagine is game one, game two. But at the same time, Vanguard has been really stellar throughout the season. For me, it's the full body of work. It's not the one weekend. Uh, I'm going to have to give it to Vanguard. I think they are the team that has really for the full season been the best team in the GSAC, even though it came down to the last weekend. We could have been talking about Hope International at this point. But Vanguard, for me, I think is going to win it, and they will be the team out of the GSAC. And there are going to be – I think the GSAC obviously is going to be a – a three-bid league also with Vanguard and Hope International getting in and only one bid. So you're talking about possibly another at-large bid being taken away with Hope International. And then a four-bid league, possibly, Cody, if Ottawa gets in. Man, I mean, this could really cause a mess if Ottawa gets into the tournament and they are just going to make it a really couple of tense days for some people around the country. But for the GSAC, just two teams playing in a three-game series Cody and I both going with Vanguard. For the G-Pack, they are playing at both Concordia, Nebraska, and Doan. At Concordia, Nebraska will be Concordia, Morningside, Briarcliff, and Hastings. At Doan will be Doan, Mount Marty, Jamestown, and Northwestern Iowa. Cody, this is a really interesting one 
in the GPAC because it is a two-bid league. Concordia is already in. But if the tournament champion wins, then it goes to Doan. Do I have that correct? No matter who the, the runner-up is in the tournament. Yeah, if Concordia wins the tournament, Doan is locked to punch their ticket. Yeah, so that is going to be really interesting. It's a really it's something you don't normally see everywhere across the nation. But if Concordia wins the tournament, Doan is in. No matter if Doan two steps it, or you know how they do in the tournament, Doan would be in. Cody, I I do think that this is Concordia and Doan. I know we had said last week really that we could see Jamestown, but man, Jamestown has kind of fallen flat here in the last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I was just flat out wrong about that. I thought Jamestown could sneak in. I thought potentially they might be even a little bit better than Dome. And, you know, I was proven wrong. Dome went out there this weekend. Really impressive. Swept all four games. Uh, Concordia ended up dropping a game, so they actually clinched a co-championship in the GVAC regular season. Now, Concordia gets the bid, but I think Dome right now, you're in a good position. I mean, obviously, if Concordia goes out there and wins the tournament, you're in. If you go out there and win the tournament, you're in. So, obviously, that you got to feel good knowing that it's going to take a three or below to win the tournament for you to not make nationals. And they've been playing really well. Obviously one of the best years we've seen them play. Uh, Lucas White's been an elite hitter for them. And yeah, just shout out to Dome. They played really well. I cannot give them enough credit for that Jamestown sweep. I didn't think there was any way they would take all four and they did. And they did it emphatically. I don't even think they trailed much this weekend if at all. So yeah, shout out to Dome. They're playing really good baseball at the right time. Jamestown is three and seven in their last 10 man. I'm I'm really interested to see them. I'm really interested to see Mount Marty, what happens there, because Mount Marty was a team at the beginning of the season that really did some special things going forward uh, that kind of surprised us coming out of the gate. And I am really looking forward. Mount Marty has actually done pretty well in their last 10, you know, seven and three in their last 10 games, playing Jamestown, Dort, Northwestern Iowa, Dakota Wesleyan. It'll be really interesting. Those teams are actually going to meet in the first game of the tournament. I'm really interested to see what happens, but I, I just think the the advantage here goes to Doan. I think Doan has too many opportunities here, and I think Doan is able to uh, get this second bid in the G-Pack and move on in the tournament, which brings us, Cody, to another tournament as well that is going to be interesting from U.S. Baseball Park in Ozark, Missouri, with a bid going to the tournament champion and a bid going to the tournament runner-up. And it is going to be the heart of America Conference, Central Methodist, Clark, Mid-America Nazarene, Peru State, Benedictine, William Penn, Culver Stockton, and Baker. I mean, yeah, give me Central Methodist, obviously, to win the tournament and give me Mid-America Nazarene. Mid-America Nazarene is playing really well. Uh, They know that they're not getting in as an at-large. It's just not going to happen. They're a team that's played really well, good enough to get in, but the way we do it, they're just not going to cut it. 20-plus game winning streak playing extremely well. One of the best offenses in the country, top three offense in the country this year statistically, and I just think they get it done. I think CMU and Mid-American Nazarene entered the year the top two, and I think they're going to leave the top two. Yeah, Mid-American Nazarene actually leads the conference in batting average. They're hitting an insane 374 as a team. Uh, Central Methodist hitting 352. Really what it comes down to, Cody, is is going to be the pitching at the end of the day. And when it comes to ERA in this conference, Central Methodist – is the number one team in this conference pitching wise. And then it's Clark, William Penn, Mid-American Nazarene. I want to, I, I, I think Benedictine has the offense to get them there, but it's just, can they stop the supply of runs coming home? You know, because they've got a 623 staff ERA, 
there's only two teams in this conference with a staff ERA below four and four teams with a staff ERA below below five. Everybody else has between a you know a five one six from Mount Mercy and a nine. Uh, I'm I'm gonna roll with Mid American Nazarene and, and Central Methodist also, but it would not surprise me, Cody, to see Clark in there. And uh, if there was a dark horse, I'm just gonna go with Benedictine because of the offense, because of the weapons that they have on offense. Uh, but I think, by, far and away, Mid American Nazarene and Central Methodist are just absolutely two of the best offenses, not just in this conference, but in the nation. I mean, how many times have we looked up Mid-American Nazarene stats and just been blown away with the numbers that they're putting up? Central Methodist, I got to see them open the season in a huge ballpark, and they just racked the ball all over the place. But uh, four guys on this Mid-American Nazarene team that have over 10 home runs on the season. The leader is is our guy, Joshua Sandoval, with 17 home runs and, and 69 RBIs, two players with more than 65 RBIs five players with more than 40 RBIs on the season. And it, it's just going to be really interesting down the stretch here. And I definitely, definitely, definitely think that it will be uh, Mid-America Nazarene and Central Methodist. But we never know because we're just a few years removed from Baker, you know, shocking the entire world and punching their ticket to the national tournament as, you know, the bottom seed in that in that tournament as well. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens in that one Cody is there is there a dark horse for you I mean are you just going to stick with the two Central Methodist and Mid-American Nazarene I think you a chance to, to pick to pick Baker yeah well, no. <laughs> thank you for that putting me on the spot there I do I think Central Methodist is clearing away the best team in the conference I mean they're hitting 352 they're second in the country in the RA with a 313 Nick Merkel incredible think thankfully I said his name right for once this year on the podcast but 182 ERA, 69 innings pitch, 93 strikeouts. He's a guy you got to see out in San Antonio earlier this year. Really impressive stuff. Schwellenbach's been great all year, 2-3-6 ERA. For the dark horse, I think Benedictine's the team. Like, you know, Michael Slayton, Daryl Myers, they have the offense to get it done. It's, can they pitch well enough to win some of those games against Nazarene and Clark? I guess we're going to have to wait and see. But, no, I mean, I like the picks that I made, but the dark horse would be Benedictine. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that as well in the HAA. See the KCAC Cody at Great Bend Sports Complex in Great Bend, Kansas is Oklahoma Wesleyan, Tabor, Kansas Wesleyan, McPherson, Ottawa, and Bethany. And the way that this one works in the KCAC is Oklahoma Wesleyan is already good to go. It comes down to, I want to say it comes down to the uh, tournament champion or the tournament runner up as well in this one. So it'll, it's really about who gets that last spot, who's able to survive down the road. Oklahoma Wesleyan has been absolutely stellar this season. Absolutely. You ready for our first off-the-radar pick? Took us like 50 minutes. Kansas Wesleyan. <laughs> Go for it. Kansas Wesleyan is going to get the second bid. I feel it. Something just tells me uh, Coach Bill Neal's crew is going to get it done. They've just been really good. Tyler Triano, 3 ERA on the year. Oscar Sanchez is a 3-4-0 ERA. They have a lot of guys, honestly, sub for Trent Duyer. I like the Coyotes, man. I don't know what it is about Kansas Wesleyan this year. They played really well. They're 15 over 500. They're 13 over 500 in conference. They took a game off Oklahoma Wesleyan. This team's going to go out there and get it done. They won the series over McPherson consistently throughout the year. They don't have like a spot where it's like, man, they really kind of struggled this whole part of the month. And that's not it. I mean, they had the series where they dropped a Tabor. Outside of that, they've been sold all year. Give me Kansas Wesleyan to make the national tournament. I actually like that pick, man, as, as the second team. Uh, I, I definitely think that it, it comes down to a few possibilities here in this one. Uh, I think that it comes down to 
I'm interested in seeing how McPherson and Ottawa do. That's that's what I want to see. Uh, I I'm interested. McPherson has had far and away a really incredible offense all season long, but then Ottawa I think has one of the best players in the country, in the entire country, Cody in uh Ryland Kratzenberg. Tabor has really jumped on the scene as of late here towards the end of the year, 34 and 15, 25 and 8 in KCAC play. Uh, Oklahoma Wesleyan's Cody Muncie has been absolutely incredible. Um, man, that's that's tough. That's tough. I'm, I, you know what? I'm just gonna roll with chalk. Give me, give me Tabor. But it would not shock me to see any of the the bottom, the other teams. I I know Bethany's got Chase Lord. I just don't see it happening. It's Kansas Wesleyan McPherson or Ottawa. But I, I'm gonna roll with with Tabor on that one. I know it's not the most exciting pick in the world. I know you kind of went with like. The the well, I want to say is like the third seeded team there, um, but I'm going to roll with Oklahoma Wesleyan and and Tabor in that in that conference. I still think Oklahoma Wesleyan wins the conference tournament. I think Tabor finishes second in the KCAC. Getting to the end here, Cody. We don't have many more conferences to go, but we move to Bowling Green, Kentucky, in the Mid South Conference. Cumberland's Kentucky, Freed Hardeman, Georgetown, Lindsey Wilson. Bethel, Tennessee, and Thomas Moore. Now, this is a two-bid league this year, and I think the beneficiary of that is going to be the newcomer, Freed Hardeman. Give me Cumberlands to win the tournament. They're far and away the best team this year in this conference. I think that they're going to get it done. But give me Freed Hardeman. They're going to find a way to put it all together, play their best baseball right now. We've seen this team be competitive, go down there, take a game off Southeastern. I know that they can do it. they got to play their best. Give me Freed Hardeman. And I don't think there's really a dark horse. I know you're probably going to pick them. So I'll go ahead and throw it to you for Georgetown. <laughs> hey, you know what? Georgetown this season, 32-16 and 16 this year. Uh, they actually have the stolen base leader in the conference uh, with uh, Deshaun Moore. But the problem for them is they're hitting 280 as a team, which around the NAI is, is something that's really been hard to do because you see all these teams like Mid-American Nazarene. We were just talking – with like this huge 374, almost 100 points better than than Georgetown. Uh, I actually like Freed Hardeman also outside of Cumberland's Kentucky, obviously. But I, I really like George uh, – excuse me, I really like Freed Hardeman because I think that they're a team that, Cody, we – you and I expected them to come out and be world beaters this year. They've done well in Mid-South Conference play, 15 and 7, but they're 24 and 21 overall. And he has, you know, FHU really more than anything has played a tough schedule. You know, Jonathan Estes Club has played a tough schedule. It's not like they've played nobody. They've played Loyola, Georgia Gwinnett, LSU Shreveport, Tabor. You know, they've they've played some really good teams in that non-conference lead-up. They've played Tennessee Wesleyan twice. So there have been some good ball clubs that have played Freed Hardeman this year. I think they're prepared, but give me Cumberland's Kentucky. And then on top of that one, uh, give me Freed Hardeman. I, I'm going to have to agree, but I mean, you put me on the spot there with Georgetown. It wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't. I don't. I don't know. I think Bethel, Tennessee. Every now and then, yeah, I look the at them. Yeah, I look at them, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. And then you know, I'm just not sure if they if they'll just overall have enough to sustain it in how many games it will take to win the Mid South Conference tournament. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and roll with the top two seeds in in Cumberland's Kentucky and. Uh, Freed Hardeman University. Moving on to the North Star, Cody, it'll be at Valley City State University, Bellevue, 
Mayville State, VCSU, Waldorf, Dickinson State, and Dakota State. Well, I for one want madness. So I would I'm hoping and I'm picking with my heart here, Mayville State to just create madness, steal this tournament bid. Bellevue's gonna, you know, sit a little comfortable knowing that they're in the tournament no matter what now. Mayville State's gonna come up here, take an at-large bid, win this conference. Man, I don't want madness. <laughs> I want the best tournament possible. I need Bellevue to win, Dwayne. Uh no, I, I Dwayne Monlux's team is is been far and away the best team in the NSAA year in, year out. This year was really a little bit closer than I would have thought. Mayville State has played some really good baseball, but I'm still going to roll with Bellevue because the last thing I want, Cody, is madness because I need the best at-larges in there into the tournament to give us the best possible tournament there is. I'm going to roll with Bellevue, uh, and I, I don't really see a need to pick a pick a dark horse in this one. I think it's it's Bellevue, it's Mayville State, it's one of the two. And yeah, that, I, yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Sorry to cut you off there, but I could not agree more. It's either going to be Bellevue or Mayville State. It'll probably be Bellevue. I want it to be Mayville. This is going to be a late tournament as well, uh, Cody. This one going to be happening in the weekend, and it is just a one-bid league. Moving on here to the RRAC, the Red River Athletic Conference, and Our Lady of the Lake, Cody, I had tweeted this out yesterday. Our Lady of the Lake is the first team since 2013 not named LSUS or LSUA to win a regular season championship in the Red River Athletic Conference. Now, I will say that if you go to the RRAC website, it'll refute that because they've got LSUS as the 2013 uh, regular season champions. I can tell you that is 100% false. I was there. Because the last team to win a regular season title not named LSUS or LSUA in the RRAC was my Northwood Knights. When I was there at Northwood University in Cedar Hill, Texas, we we took two or three that season from, from LSUS and we went 23 and four in conference play and, and LSUS had seven or eight losses that season. So the website is wrong. But Our Lady of the Lake, I just needed to throw that out there to everybody. But Our Lady of the Lake is already into the tournament Cody, this tournament is taking place at LSUS. I haven't been to LSUS since 2014, I believe it is, maybe maybe 2013. But that used to be a really, really tough place to play. I think LSUS is the second team out of this conference. Yeah, that was back in the super fan days, right? They don't, he's not there oh, anymore. Oh yeah, man! Don't even get me started on that. That guy <laughs> but, uh, was mean. Give me Shreveport. They won 23 of 24. Huge four-game sweep over Alexandria to close the season. They're playing their best baseball right now. Uh, I just think that right now they're playing their hottest team, uh, and I think that they're going to get it done. Playing at home, playing for a bid that they have to get it done. If they don't win, that they're not going to make the next round, and I just like their chances. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Shreveport as the other team there. They, they've been really hot lately. They have figured things out since that sweep against, you know, since they got swept against Our Lady of the Lake. And that's really, I think, the defining moment for Our Lady of the Lake this season is sweeping LSUS. Because if you look at Our Lady of the Lake, they actually have wins over uh, like Oklahoma Wesleyan. And that's really impressive. But I think that their their victory, their sweep over LSUS is their defining moment. I think they were a year ahead of schedule as well uh, from where I thought they would be this year. They are mainly junior, sophomore heavy. But this season, they have really taken a step in the right direction for Brian Ogney's club. So congratulations to them for getting it done. But it's going to be really interesting to watch what happens this season. 
uh, for the rest of the way for them as they are automatically into a opening round tournament. But LSUS is going to be the other team for me out of the RRAC. And that tournament, of course, taking place in Shreveport, Louisiana. The River States Conference at VA Memorial Stadium in Ohio. I'm not even going to try to say the name of where that's at in Ohio. Cody, this will be an interesting one here between IU Southeast, Asbury, Point Park, Indiana Kokomo, Rio Grande, and Midway. Now, obviously, IU Southeast is already in. That has been decided. That is good to go. It then goes to the tournament champion or the tournament runner-up if IU Southeast wins this tournament. And really, Cody, in this one, I think there's two teams fighting for that last spot. It's Asbury. It's Point Park. I mean, I'm going to ride them to the cows come home. Give me Asbury. I've been on them all year. I think they have the better pitching staff. They were able to take the series earlier this year. Uh, close games. I think it's going to be a close tournament. And uh, yeah, give me Asbury to get that second bid. Would not surprise me if it is point part. If it's any going other than those two, it would be surprising. But yeah, give me Asbury. Uh, point part is going to play them really well. But I think Asbury is going to make the final. And uh, give me the Grenadiers to sweep the conference tournament and the regular season. I would be very surprised, like you said, if, it, if it's anybody else, you know, in that. But I am going to roll with Point Park. They're hitting 311 as a team, 335 as a staff. They're doing everything well. I know that Asbury has a really good player in Walker, but Ruben Ramirez has been stellar this season out of the bullpen. I love my bullpen arms, man. Nine saves on the year, 54 and two thirds innings pitch in 25 appearances with a 0.49 ERA for Ruben Ramirez, 84 strikeouts, man. I mean, when you talk about an NAI reliever of the year, man, this is candidate number one for me. This is a guy that has been absolutely stellar, absolutely fantastic. I think he's going to make a huge difference in this team uh, because they will throw him when they need him to throw. It is going to be really interesting to see how this one goes, but I think it's going to be Point Park as the other team out of this conference moving on here to the sooner athletic conference as we're down to the final four conferences that we have left to do usao and ocu will host at ocu it'll be ocu southwest assemblies of god wayland baptist and texas wesleyan at usao will be usao oklahoma panhandle state southwestern christian and mid-america christian cody this is going to be i mean i'm i'm Thinking OCU USAO, man, that's that's it. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a one bid league, so it's going to be even more interesting. Uh, give me Oklahoma City to win the tournament. Don't even mess around with that large stuff. They're a name brand. They're a team. There's going to be any team that's not ranked that could still at, at large spot. You know, it's probably Oklahoma City. Doesn't hurt to have like your coach on the committee and everything like that. They're just really good program. I think that they're going to go out there and get it done. The great series against USAO last weekend. I actually got to watch all three games. USAO has the better staff. I mean, Colton Williams, Ricardo Velez, Gene Mutner, they got the better pitching. I just think when it comes to this conference tournament, Oklahoma City is going to score some runs. It'll be the second time seeing them in two weekends. Uh, just give me the stars. Go out there, get it done. USAO is going to be in and as an at large. I think it's a two team tournament or two team conference, and I like both of them to move on to the next round. The really interesting thing here, Cody, is is how fantastic Dalton Reed and Gunnar Halter have been this year. 18 home runs for for Reed with 56 RBIs, hitting 454 with 69 hits. Also with 69 hits this year is Gunnar Halter, who has 13 RBIs and uh, 13 home runs and 46 RBIs 
at the end of the day, you know, it, it's going to be those two teams fighting for one spot. I'm going to roll with USAO in that one. Uh, but I think it comes down to Oklahoma City and in USAO. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, the best player in this tournament isn't even getting mentioned. And that's Luis Vargas. But at the end of the day, I don't think Wayland Baptist has the tools it needs to be able to to survive in this in this tournament. I think they've they've got the really good offense, but do they have the pitching to get it done? I, I don't think so. Like to compete out there with what's left of of this, you know, in this conference, uh, especially with the two big guys at at USAO. And then you've got that Wayland Baptist offense against that OCU offense. It's going to come down to the wire there. It'll, it'll be really interesting, but I think it's OCU, USAO winning each of those pods. And then those two teams battling it out. I've got USAO. You're going to go with OCU. So, um, I mean, it's just going to, it's going to be tough, man, because I want to see Vargas make a tournament because he hasn't made one yet. Yeah, we just want to see him keep pinning home runs, try to flirt with that record. I want to see Southwestern Christian make a tournament, honestly. I would love to see that team challenge themselves against teams outside of their conference. You know, it's something I feel like going forward, they need to probably put together a little bit better non-conference schedule because I would love to see them in that tournament format against a team out west, against a team from the southeast, just to see how they stack up. The problem I have right now with their path to the final is you're going to have to go up against a Colton Williams or a Ricardo Velez, and it's just going to be tough, and I just don't see that happening. At Hank Aaron Stadium in Mobile, Alabama, is where the Southern States Athletic Conference Tournament will play. Cody, on one side of the bracket, you have Loyola, Stillman, Mobile, and William Carey. On the other side of the bracket, you have Faulkner, Blue Mountain, Middle Georgia State, and Bruton Parker. Man, this is a one-bid league. I think it's a three-team league, but I recently spoke with a coach that said that he wouldn't be surprised if neither Loyola Faulkner or Middle Georgia State wins this tournament. And in fact, that William Carey turns it on and wins this tournament. What do you think? I actually think Loyola is going to win the tournament. I think that they have the easier path to the tournament being the one seed. I think once they get there, they're going to have the better arms once the final comes. And uh, I just think that Loyola has been the best team this year. And I'm not going to pick against them. I think Faulkner, if Faulkner was on the other side of the bracket, maybe, but they're not. You know, Faulkner's going to have to go through Middle Georgia State. And I think that, you know, they're going to have to use some of your best arms just to get to that final. And I think once that happens, I think Loyola is going to be able to capitalize on that opportunity. Yeah, man. I, I Obviously, I have a, a an intense loyalty for to Loyola because that's where, where my head coach is. Um, and of course, to, to Robert Garza as well as Texas at Texas Wesleyan. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting because I, I really trust this coach that told me, William Carey, don't don't be shocked if they come out here and, and win this thing. And I'll, I'll be interested to see it. I mean, they're, they're going to have to test themselves in that first game against Mobile. I, I think it's it's going to be Loyola or Faulkner. Uh, Middle Georgia State, I've been super impressed. They, for the last couple of years, Cody, that we've done this, they have been offense first and ask questions later. And this year, it's been like the total opposite. They are pitching absolutely fantastic. I don't think Faulkner has as good arms as they normally do, but they're still Faulkner. I think they're going to be highly competitive. I'm, I'm really excited to see if, if Faulkner and Middle Georgia State meet in that tournament. It's going to be really awesome. Uh, but I think Loyola's got the best path to go ahead and, and get that automatic qualifier bid. But I still think Loyola, Faulkner, Middle Georgia State are in to the national tournament it, it, out of this conference. Yeah, I agree 100%. That's why it's interesting to see if a team like William Carey or Mobile, who doesn't have a shot as an at-large, your only shot is to win the tournament, can sneak up and play their best baseball right now. Because I like you, I think Middle Georgia, Faulkner, and Loyola are going dancing no matter what. 
Last two conferences to go through here, Cody. The Sun Conference from 15 Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. It is the newest spring training facility in the state of Florida. It is the nicest spring training facility in the state of Florida. It is my favorite spring training facility in the state of Florida, home to my Houston Astros and the Washington Nationals, Southeastern University, St. Thomas University, Weber International, Kaiser, Warner, and USCB in this one, Cody. Three teams out of this conference in a one-bid conference that I think are in. SEU, STU, and KU. Weber International has a chance to steal a bid. I think they've had some moments that have looked really good this year for them. They've played some really tough baseball at times. But at the same time, Cody, I'm not comfortable at 28 and 22 and saying, yep, they're an at-large at large bid. At the same time for Warner, at 31 and 19, they have had their moments where they have looked really good. And then there have been moments where they have looked not as good as you'd want to see. You know, they they dropped a game to Weber, two to Bellevue. Uh, they've beaten Judson and Dort. Or actually, they split with Dort. They dropped a game to Dort. Uh, losses to Ave Maria during the year. You know, they, they took the series against Kaiser, which was a big one for them. It is going to be really interesting to see what happens. And they are going to open with St. Thomas University who when they met at the end of February, they took the first two or three against St. Thomas with a chance to sweep. St. Thomas was able to come back and walk that one off. Man, it is going to be really, really, really interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I want to say they've won four or five on the year because I know they beat them back-to-back days in the Warner invite as well. I'm going to go with Southeastern to win the tournament. I just think they're the best team. I think they're the most talented team. Uh, I know that they're probably not a big fan of losing that series to St. Thomas. And I think those are the two best teams in the conference. I don't think it's going to go chalk, though. I feel like this conference never does. So give me Southeastern in the final defeating Warner. I think like Warner, I think they're a team that's had St. Thomas's number all year. And I think Warner's a team that could get hot. John Pickman's been an absolute dude for them. Logan Flood, really good player. Give me a Southeastern Warner final with a Southeastern winning and punching their ticket. The last champion of this conference is Thomas University, who's not in this, but it is – It is a hard tournament to win because it takes so many games to win this conference tournament. And then on top of that, Cody, it is some of the best baseball in the nation as far as a a full-on conference goes. I'm actually going to take St. Thomas. I think they're hot right now. They're playing really good baseball. They probably don't want me to pick them. They probably want to be the underdog, but I think that they're going to win it. I think the way that they're playing, if they come out ready to play, George Bettis always has his teams ready to roll. They are going to be really good this year, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens in this one. Uh, But I'm going to roll with St. Thomas. It's not going to shock me if one of the three teams I mentioned, Southeastern St. Thomas, Kaiser, goes out there to win. I don't know how much depth Kaiser's going to have as far as arms go. Uh, But at the same time, if Warner's playing for that that conference championship, it's not going to shock me, man, because this conference so often is crazy. Last but not least, Cody, we have reached the end, the pinnacle, the final conference the Wolverine-Hoosier Athletic Conference, Concordia Ann Arbor and Indiana Tech. In the Concordia Ann Arbor portion, it is CUAA, UNO, and Cornerstone. In the Indiana Tech portion, it is Indiana Tech, Madonna, and UM Dearborn. Now, Indiana Tech has already punched their ticket as the regular season champion. Uh, If Indiana Tech wins the tournament, it goes to the tournament runner-up. So... Cody, how do you see this one playing out, man? This is going to be a really interesting tournament. It's a good thing Lawrence Tech didn't make the field, but uh, Concordia Ann Arbor is absolutely fired up. 
They won a bid really bad this year. They feel like they're a tournament team. Did not get it done last weekend. I feel like all they got to do is win their pod, just hold serve, trusting that Indiana Tech's going to win theirs, and then you clinch the bid to Nationals regardless of how that final goes. But, yeah, give me Concordia Ann Arbor. I actually think they're going to win the whole thing. I think they're going to use this as motivation this past weekend getting snubbed, and they're going to go out there and they're going to win the tournament. I really like that pick. I think they have a really good shot. Uh, I'm going to go off script here. I'm going to take a you know, a, a dark horse per se in this one, in a team that has split with Concordia this season in the time that they met. I'm going to go with Uno, man. I'm going to go with Uno. Uno, didn't they make shirts a few years ago? Uh, for an, Was it for the 18%, opening round? 18%, 18% off the we poll. We didn't even say that. That that was a poll that we That's did. my favorite thing, by the way, in NEI ball history. We did a poll on who would win the opening round. Wasn't even us p- picking. This was our general follower audience. Uh, they got 18%. They were picked last. They won the opening round, got shirts made with 18% on them, rocked them in the airport to Lewiston. It was the coolest thing ever. I thought it was really cool. It, it was pretty awesome to see. Uh, I think Uno, they've split with Concordia, and you know they're 15-7 and seven in play this year as well in Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference play. They were not extremely far off from – you know, they were the next team up, basically. It, it was either them or Madonna. And I'm I'm going to roll with Uno, man. In, in, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Uh, I don't exactly know how it all shook out. You and I are kind of in the dark in what kind of model they were using and how Indiana Tech ended up winning. But congratulations to Indiana Tech and making that happen. Uh, before we do anything else, because they are not in the tournament, I, I feel like we need to give a shout-out uh, to Noah Childress over at Lord's who hit 435 this year with 70 hits, 13 home runs, and 49 RBIs, led the conference in both average and RBIs this season. I'm going to roll with Uno. Cody, you're sticking with CUAA? Yeah, I'm sticking with CUAA. I'm actually hopeful that Indiana Tech will get like really fired up and make shirts too if they win the <laughs> tournament. So yeah, I'm sticking with Concordia Ann Arbor is my pick. Well, there you go, man. We have done all 19 conferences, 18 conferences, and then the independent conference as well that gets two bids. It is really, 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 man, that was an informative show. We made some picks. We're going to hear back from some people. I'm sure I will be closing off my DMs. You should probably do the same. But, man, it's some. we're finally getting to high-octane, high-energy, emotional NAI baseball, which is when we're at our best and is my favorite thing in the world, man. I am so excited for this and, and so excited for us to, to get this opportunity to be able to watch uh, games this weekend and throughout this week. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be tuned in and I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. If you're still listening and you're listening to this today, uh, the GSAC Championship Series will be going on. Go to Vanguard's website, check out Vanguard Ottawa, Arizona, best of three series. You can see our first tournament champion literally wrap up today on Wednesday. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we're recording this on a Tuesday as we normally do. We are looking forward to talking more and more uh, with y'all as everything goes on about, you know, conference tournaments, opening rounds. We now have Twitter spaces. I think every Twitter released Twitter spaces today to everybody, uh, I believe. So we are super excited about Twitter spaces and everything that, that we're going to get to do with that and talk to people and have them listen to us and, Eventually, we'll invite you know coaches on with us um, and and talk more and more about 
what is going to, you know, what's going on around the nation and in games going on, man. And I'm super excited for the the increase in live content we're going to have to, we're going to get to do really more than anything as the season goes on and we get further into the postseason, man. So final thoughts really quickly before we go. It's just time for tournament baseball, man. I'm here and I'm locked in and I'm ready to go. I'm excited. Absolutely, man. I am fired up. It is tournament baseball time in the NAI, baby. It's time to get rolling. That'll do it for us this week. Thank you to everybody, as always. Thank you to Cody Butler for all of his new stat scores information that you can get at NAI Ball and NAI Ball on Instagram as well. Uh, Thank you to our intern, Connor Darnell, who's going to be playing in the AMC tournament this weekend for everything he does as well. That'll do it for us. For Cody Butler, Connor Darnell, I'm Robbie Gutierrez at RobG1063 on Twitter if you want to talk about more baseball. That'll do it for us here for episode 15. So until next time, we hope you have a great day and even better tomorrow. Stay safe, people.